You're listening to Struggle for a Name, Women in the Naman Tarantolin, and I'm Emily Hayes. When I was a student at Yale University in 2015 and 2016, protests about racism on campus zigzagged across universities in the United States. At our school, Black and Native American women and transgender people were the leaders of the protests. One demand was to change the name of one of the Centers for Student Life on campus from the name of a famous advocate for slavery to someone who represented the rest of the student body. One chant created at Yale that quickly crossed over to other campuses was, we out here, we've been here, we ain't leaving, we are loved. It gets at the core of what felt so wrong to so many students. Poor, Black, Native American, Latinx, and Asian people have been part of Yale for a long time, but they have always fought, always had to fight for the right to be there, to be seen, and to get the resources easily available to white, wealthy students. This is an experience not unique to Yale or to the United States. Hi, I'm Monica Kobragadi. That clip was from a protest that I went to in Nagpur, Maharashtra, which is where I belong from. The protest was against a political interference in the universities. The clip shows a protest about suicide of Dalit student Rohit Vimula. He was pursuing his PhD from Hyderabad Central University where he was an active part of the Ambedkar Student Association or ASA. ASA was going to show a film that the student wing of the ruling party, the Bharatiya Janata Party or BJP didn't want to show. This seems to be a reason Rohit and four other students from ASA were expelled for one semester. They were also expelled from their hostels and their scholarship was stopped. In January 2016, Rohit committed suicide, although some say it was an academic murder. On one side, politicians like Aparao and Dattatre were interfering in the universities. But when students protest, some politicians said, that students should focus on their studies, not politics. This was an incident where we can see a clear discrimination against lower caste students in universities, even though the Constitution of India gives equal rights. In this podcast series, I'm talking about a very similar social movement to these, the Namantar Andolan, which happened from 1978 to 1994. I got money from Yale University for this project, Shout out to the Parker Huang Fellowship, the South Asian Language Fellowship, and the South Asian Rescue Fellowship. Literally, name change movement, the Namantarantolin, was about way more than the name of the university. It tells the story of a whole decade in Maharashtra. Dr. Vikas Jambulkar, my advisor, introduced Emily to me at a conference where we talked about this project. I was pursuing my master's degree in political science from Nagpur University and I also participate actively in social as well as political activities. I was interested because the project is about Namantran Andolan, about changing Marathwara University to Dr. Babasaheb Ambedkar University. We can see how badly politics was played by ruling party that time. And also the role of identity politics, emergence of Dalit Panther and also student politics in that time. As my interest area was so similar to this project, when Emily asked me about it, I got so excited and started working on this. And because she's about to start an internship in Delhi, she's only going to be with me for one episode. 
So we're taking advantage of Monica's political science expertise to figure out what exactly is going on lately and how do we get here. Hate has taken center stage in the politics. Donald Trump is president of US and I think we have probably all heard the racist, sexist sound bites from his campaign. And Narendra Modi, now Prime Minister of India, was previously investigated by Supreme Court appointed committees for his role in 2002 riots against Muslim community in Gujarat. All this feels very different from politics 30 years ago. And the term people often use for this change is identity politics. Identity politics refers to politics based on the interest of a particular social group like Modi and Hindu peoples and Trump and white peoples. This term also covers the Bahujan Samaj party, a party that represents people denied human rights under the caste or you can say Manuadi system. In United States, it covers Black Lives Matter or organization most famous for fighting police violence against black people. Sometimes it can be used negatively to imply that people are bringing too much identity into something that should be secular slash colorblind. But is there ever really politics without identity? For example, the original U.S. Constitution didn't say anything explicitly about race or gender, but that's partially because there were only white men in the room. If we assume that humans usually sort of work for their own self-interest, even if they think of that interest in lots of different ways, what should we call this recent shift in politics in India? Emily, would one way to think of it be a shift in type of casteism? Before PM Modi and his party, there was basically one party, that is Indian National Congress. This group fought for independence in 1947 and was the only established contender for power in 1970. The leaders were mostly upper caste and Hindu, but the thing was that their voters reflected totally different group of peoples. That difference was very visible during the Namantar Andolan. Nati Chara Zala Hota Na, Police Pura Zaun Hoti Diu Lagli. The Mantri Hota Na, the Enar Hota Na, Taha Maansala Pura Zaun Hoti Diu Lagli. Mangtaini Police Bharpur Balol Hoti, Baikala Kamula Na Sa Sodu Ne Lagli, Maarat Hoti. Kone Tung Chabarao Bharpur Saina Hoti. That was Jamnabai Appa Gaikwad and her daughter Sangeeta Deepak Pradhan. In the early 1980s, Jamnabai and other women were waiting to deliver a petition about the Namantar to Vasantara Patil when they were attacked by the police with batons. A lati charge, as it's called here. Vasantara Patil was chief minister, kind of like a prime minister for the state of Maharashtra, right? Yes, and he was in Congress. He had announced his support for the Namantran in 1977, but the whole government had backed away when violence broke out in reaction to the announcement. So the police were beating up protesters, including women, and the protesters were retaliating by throwing stones at the police. To stop Lassandara Patil from passing them without receiving the petition, Jamnabai dodged through the chaos and threw her baby in front of his car. This baby survived and grew up to be Sangeetatai. As a side note, bai and thai are marathi, honorifics for women, thai can apply to anyone, and bai is specifically for older women. Nantar, lati chart zala, kiyo, and kai zala? Nain, mala pekle nantar lati chart zala. Haan. Mangte mantri utle, utarle, 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 utarle,
पण मग बाकीच्या लोकांनी नाही नेलं दवाखान्यात मग हे नाटक केलं दोन दिवसासाठी चार दिवस चार दिवस होते का नाटक कशा बांधलं मला फेकलं म्हणून संगीता ताई से आफ्टर हर मदर थ्रू हर वसंतदादा पाटील स्टॉप गॉट आउट फ्रॉम द कार अँड ऑर्डर द पोलीस टू टेक दॅम टू हॉस्पिटल आफ्टर डेट दे टूक जमनाबाई अँड अदर फोर्टीन वुमन्स टू द कस्टडी अँड दे व देअर फॉर फोर डेज मानका जमनाबाई सीम्स प्रिटी फिअरलेस बट ऑल्सो मे बी लिटल क्रेझी इज इट युअर बेबीज लाईफ अ प्रिटी हाय प्राईस टू पे फॉर एनी डिमेंड मच लेस अ नेम ऑन अ बिल्डिंग सो आय आस जमनाबाई वाय शी डेड इट तुम्ही काय असं केलं म्हणजे मला बाबासाहेबाचं नावांतर साठी फेकलेली मरव की जगो मला नाव पाहिजे युनिव्हर्सिटी त्या ग्रुपच्या बाया होत्या ना जेवढ्या सोबत होत्या ना आता आपण कसे एवढे जण बसलो तेवढ्याला विचार नव्हता आपण मारणार आहेत का घरी वापस येणार आहेत असा काही विचार नव्हता फक्त जायचं म्हणजे जायचं आणि मार पण खायचा अटक पण व्हायचं पण असा विचार नव्हता की आपण का बरं झालो अटक म्हणून असा अपमान किंवा गैरवाद काही वाटत नव्हतं स्वाभिमान वाटायचं म्हणजे आपण काहीतरी करू लागलो मनात मध्ये असा उत्सव वाटायचा की आपण काहीतरी चांगलं करू लागलो चांगलं झालेलं अभिमान वाटतो संगीता ताई सेट दॅट शी इज प्राऊड वॉट हर मदर अँड अदर प्रोटेस्टन डेड शी सेट दॅट दे डिड नॉट इव्हन थिंक अबाउट वेदर दे आर डाईंग ऑर दे आर गोईंग बॅक टू होम्स दे वर डिटर्माइंड टू गो रेडी टू बी अटॅक्ड अँड अरेस्टेड शी सेट दे हॅव टू डू समथिंग अँड दे आर डुईंग इट फॉर राईट इन अदर वर्ड्स दिस वॉज नॉट जस्ट एनी नेम ऑन अ बिल्डिंग Dr. Baba Saheb Ambedkar was such a pivotal figure in Indian history that many people literally owe their education, jobs, and hopes to him. He helped found the modern movement to end caste, and as the writer of the Constitution, he firmly established reservations, aka quota-based affirmative action, in education, government jobs, and among elected representatives. Dr. Ambedkar was a leader in creating independent India because, as he said in the 1930 Roundtable Conference in London, The British government was not just indifferent to India's inequality. Quote, the reason why it does not intervene is because it is afraid that its intervention to amend the existing code of social and economic life will give rise to resistance. Of what good is such a government to anybody? You know, Emily, Dr. Ambedkar didn't advocate ending caste while leaving other power and structure in place. He acted to secure women's right to her father's property. He ensured that female workers had maternity leaves and also he reduces the factory hours from 12 to 8. Before he died, he even revived Buddhism in India as a philosophy slash religion of equality. This was in opposition to caste system and patriarchy he saw in Hinduism. In this latest census, 8 million people reported that they were Buddhist. With such a resume, he is clearly one of India's most important leaders. But for a long time, he wasn't seen as one. A lot of people learn about Gandhi as the leader of India's independence movement and Jawaharlal Nehru, the first prime minister, as the founder of India's present government. That Dr. Ambedkar wasn't in that group was pure casteism. If people are saying she is lower caste, that's why she is Ambedkarite, that's why she... I mean, so, uh, no, no, she is Mahat, that's why she is Ambedkarite. 
man there are many people who are from upper caste and they are ambedkarites right right just so because his just because of his caste right. means they discriminate they they never discriminate gandhi right. they never says gandhi gandhi belongs to this community the fact is he just work for his area he didn't work for untouchables the caste system you know what emily the caste system is so so bad that even people don't feel someone's some other people's pain just because of caste system people are dividing themselves like upper lower middle what is that human beings are human beings I mean they work for themselves they eat they they do all the stuff same way and still they were like feeling like no we are upper and they they are lower they are untouchable they can't live with us why for listeners who might not be familiar with these terms could you define them really quickly to understand what caste system or varna system is dr ambedkar particularly studied the vedas upanishads and other books now considered he came to a conclusion that the vedas haim purushukta made the four varnas sacred institutions in it the brahmins were described from mouth kshatriyas were from their arms the vaishya were from thighs and shudra were from feet of the purush or man in other words each of these groups supposedly had a place in society that they should not trespass for the good of society The history of caste is complicated and local and about access to resources but for now I'll just let you finish introducing the terms our audience should know. Uh the first three varnas that is brahmin kshatriya and vaishya are so called upper caste and the shudra were called lower caste. Outside these four varnas were untouchables and adivasis meaning original inhabitants. academics today usually called untouchables dalit dr ambedkar also belongs to the untouchable community particularly the mahar subcaste or jati other leaders had statues of them and building with their names everywhere like jawaharlal nehru university in delhi but even the idea of naming marathwada university after dr ambedkar provoked violence first attackers focus on destroying government properties including transportation then the violence spread to the village areas around aurangabad including in the district of nanded and parbhani attackers targeted buddhist people sexually assaulting women destroying properties and even torturing and murdering some people many people left their homes and fled to aurangabad investigators estimated at the time that these attacks which lasted for 67 days affected 25000 people in 1200 villages About 5000 people became homeless and about 2000 people fled into forested areas and cities. This is when the Dhanamantar movement started. One of the leaders in Aurangabad, Gangadhar Gare, said then that the renaming quote is the question of Dalit's self-consciousness and all the Dalit brothers will unitedly fight for this struggle. End quote. The Namantar became a matter of basic self-respect. Are we going to let this violence dictate how we live whether we hope for equality 67 days passed before the government acted to end the violence there was a curfew in Aurangabad to prevent attacks there 
but outside the city local police were sometimes looking the other way sometimes helping the attackers sometimes police risked their lives so were helpful as well i'll get into more detail on everything that happened in the next episodes but monica i have one major question about all this which i think was behind jemnabai's dramatic sacrifice too if the state government wasn't going to do anything about the violence why were they so in favor of the namantar to begin with so the background to this is emergency when uh, indira gandhi suspended democracy for 2 years she ended the state of emergency in 1977 thinking that she and her congress party will easily win re-election instead a coalition government formed with the janata party with later become the bjp in maharashtra this meant that sharad pawar formed a rebel faction of congress became chief minister in partnership with janata party but the janata party had a reputation for being right leaning it seems that sarath pawar pushed the namantran issue to regain reputation of being for dalit peoples so this feels like casteism to me we don't know anyone's intentions for sure but it seems like sharad pawar wanted dalit people's votes but didn't care enough about their safety to interfere in the violence this is one kind of identity politics where politicians name drop Dr. Ambedkar and other figures to win over various communities without putting much effort into changing the system that keeps political and social power in the hands of traditional elites. At the same time, Emily, another type of identity politics was gaining ground. An important group behind that type were the Dalit Panthers. As the Black Panthers in US, Dalit Panthers proudly claimed the title of Dalit or oppressed. their powerful poetry speeches and other literatures have been very influential since the late 1970s in fact they are responsible for popularizing the word dalit tumala kewa pasun dalit panthers badal mai ita halat sata pasun 78 it 1978 pasun tawa jo go khayala hoti allal jabani ho dushkar padla dushkar padla नगर He said that the Dalit Panthers built the neighborhood because the injustices against Dalit people were increasing. Implied in this is the idea that Dalit people are safer when concentrated in cities. A journalist at the time noted that when the anti-Namantar attacks happened in Maratwada, the Dalit Panthers encouraged people who fled to Aurangabad to stay in the city. The Dalit Panthers really focused on the violence happening to Dalit people. and while they did that they broadcast in the public eyes there were lots of people in power similar to gandhi wanted caste to be reformed socially hindus would reform themselves and their prejudices so there would be no long reservations required or no debates will go on caste the dalit panthers like dr ambedkar rejected the idea and wanted to see more actions about caste from their politicians they were also part of a period of more militancy that started with the shiv sena in 1966 the shiv sena channeled economic frustration and caste hindu identity in bombay 
into displays of hate speech and violence. The Shiv Sena claimed the definition of Maharashtrian for themselves, in opposition to Southern Indian, Muslim, and Dalit people. In 1972, Arjun Dangle, Namdeo Dasar, Raja Dhale, and others formed the Dalit Panthers. Soon after, Raja Dhale wrote an article for Independence Day saying that a flag that did not protect Dalit people from caste violence was just a, quote, piece of cloth to be stuffed up the Savarna's ass, end quote. Savarna means someone within that four Varna system. But people often use it to mean someone within the first three Varnas. In response, the Shiv Sena and the Janta Party marched on the headquarters of the publishers of the article, saying that they would burn it down. Anupama Ra, a professor of history in Columbia University in New York, writes in the caste question that this was the pattern at that time. The Dalit Panther would abuse casteism in the government, the Sivshena would threaten violence, and the government would look on in silent support. That militant side of Dalit Panther is famous. But Emily, it seems like there was more to the situation in Kabir Nagar. Besides building the neighborhood, the Dalit Panther had frequently met and became close to the resident. This is especially true of the leaders of Dalit Panthers in Aurangabad, Gangadhar Gadi. I asked Jamnabai whether there were any female leaders in the protests. Jamnabai just remembered Gangada Gade coming to protest. She said, we ladies used to wake him up. Please get up, Gade Sahib. We have to go. She also mentioned that he is responsible for the Dr. Ambedkar statue at the entrance to the Basti. Basti means a working class neighborhood. Often the word for that is slum, but basti is what people use in Hindi. That was Rukmini Satpute. She was also at the protest where Jamnabai threw baby Sangeeta and they stayed in jail together afterwards. She said that Dalit Panther used to come in the neighborhood every week. They would bring a statue and collect money from everyone who wanted a plot of land and then call everyone to sit together. Every weekday and five or six hundred residents would do Vandana, a Buddhist religion service together. This is also meant that the Dalit Panther could organize protest very quickly.
मग काय आठ दिवस पंधरा दिवस महिन्यामध्ये दोन मोर्चे काढायचे एक महिन्याला कधी दोन महिन्याला कधी दोन महिन्यात एकदा कधी एका महिन्यात दोनदा असे After that, the idea that we should change the name of our university came into the head of Gangadhar Gade. That night, they held meetings about this in every basti and told us about it. When I started to ask whether she went to the meetings, she said, yes, if you wanted to live here, you had to go. It was like that. We wanted to live in the basti, so we had to go, right? So we would go. All the women, men, everyone would go. They told everyone about the namantha. That idea was settled. Then we would hold morchas every eight days, 15 days, twice in a month. Once in two months, twice in one month, like that. In the meetings, Gangadhar Gade and other leaders would give speeches. At the same time, residents would bring their problems and issues about the settlements, like electricity failing and irregular supply of water, etc. Monica, I think this is really interesting because one of the most important strategies of the Black Panther Party for self-defense was to step in where the U.S. government failed its black citizens. They dealt with malnutrition, with a free breakfast program for children, and they hoped to decrease infant mortality with a free health clinic. A member of the Black Panther Party from Chicago, Ivan King, said, Our survivor program heightened the contradiction that exists between black people and the government. When we were able to feed thousands, literally thousands of children every morning in various cities in the country, parents began to ask, why wasn't the government do that? The government had all the resources at its disposal. And Emily, it seems that the Dalit Panthers were highlighting the contradiction too. Yes, we can think about that quote again by Raja Dali about the usefulness of a flag that doesn't protect Dalit people. Meanwhile, the Dalit Panthers had built a safe neighborhood. And we know this was effective because Rukmini Bai and Jimna Bai both remembered exactly when they moved to Aurangabad because that was when they started getting into politics too. इथं आल्यानंतर इथं जेव्हा आलो आम्ही सत्तरला सत्तरला आलो तेव्हा आम्ही इथं आलो तर इथं कुठं कुठं तर घर होते या घरी तर या घर तिथं असे होते मग आम्ही पण जागा धरली एकावन्न रुपये द्यायचे बाबासाहेबाच्या पुतळ्याला बसवायसाठी आणि जागा धरायची मग ते आम्ही जागा धरली जागा धरल्यानंतर मग सुरुवातीला मग संघटना कळायला लागली त्यानंतर कळायला लागलं कोण माणूस आहे काय करतोय याच्या मागे जावं नाही जावं हे आपल्याला सगळंच कळायला लागलं मग रुक्मिणी बायसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसाहेबांनीसा
the bahujan samaj party and mool nivasi sangh are working on it the women's against hindutva conference are working on it sometimes communist and labor organizations are working on it but identity politics it's really complicated sometimes instead of unity you get violence like in the namantara andolan only a few years before all the violence in marathwada <laughs> marathwada is that correct yeah that's good okay <laughs> how you get scared it's good do that okay there is a powerful student movement demanding more representation in politics and more attention to the economy there What broke that movement and why the reaction to the Namantara announcement was so violent it's all in the next podcast. So tune in again next week for the second part of this eight part series on Namantara Andolan. Monica, thank you so much for talking with me about identity politics today. What people mean when they say it, whether it might be better described as a shift from Congress casteism to Shiv Sena casteism, how the Dalit Panthers pushed a different version of identity politics and what that meant for Jamna Bai and Rukmini Bai. Emily I'm so glad to work on this with you. I love to work for more episodes. But you know my commitments are there. Yeah, you should just cancel that. That is <laughs> the internship and hang out in Nagpur with me. No really though, you're going to be amazing. People, this is Monica Kopragade, soon to be the CEO of a famous <laughs> NGO, a Nobel winning professor, or maybe India's next president. And this is Emily Hayes and subscribe to her podcast. Special thanks to Jamna Bai Appa Gaikwad, Sangeeta Deepak Pradhan, and Rukmini Sakaram Satpute for sharing their stories. Thank you to Bandhu Kambli, Dr. Bharat Sanone, and Dr. Arvind Gaikwad for helping me meet these activists. Thank you to Subodh for helping me transliterate the interviews afterwards. Thank you to Paolo Kandesar and Jambul Kavsar for our conversations about politics at the time of the Namantara Andolan. Other works cited, including books by Dr. Ambedkar, Anupama Rao, and Jacoby Williams, are in the podcast description. Also, I really want to hear what you think. Leave comments on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your podcast. You can also comment on Facebook and Twitter with the hashtag #strugglefora name. See you next week.